0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا كريم All praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we seek Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's assistance and we seek Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala's guidance. And we seek refuge in Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala from the evils of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala decrees guidance upon, then none can misguide him. And whomsoever Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My dear brothers in Islam, my dear fathers, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I welcome you all to our third talk in our series together, titled, Fitting Faith into Our Busy Lives fitting faith into our busy lives. And from the outset, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our sitting together a sitting that has not happened except for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us a people that hear a good word and follows it. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our gathering one that is surrounded by His angels, and a gathering that is filled with contentment, and a gathering that is covered by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a gathering that insha'Allah is forgiven upon our departure, as well as a gathering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to His angels. Ameen. Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon all able. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us this dua. Ameen. Also from the outset, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, I would like to extend a heartfelt gratitude to Masjid Zainab and its trustees for their warm invite, for honoring me with this particular opportunity, for their hospitality, and for choosing to be a means of this blessed gathering of ours. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all their efforts, ameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless their efforts, ameen. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this masjid, or to continue making this masjid a shining emblem and light for the people of Sri Lanka. Ameen, Ameen, Ameen. Ya Al Alameen. My dear brothers and fathers, our topic for this evening as cited is fitting faith into a busy life. And whilst this topic is not a long one, nor a difficult one to understand, it is nonetheless an important one to discuss. And I'm pretty sure that that many of the points that we will share with each other today are points that we know, but might have forgotten. Might have forgotten. Because alhamdulillah, one of the things that I have seen, walillah alhamd, in your wonderful country, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed it with amazing ulama and students of knowledge. By Allah, you are all fortunate, Mashallah. There's no lack of these people who Allah has blessed to be inheritors of the inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. Your country is blessed with an abundance of these wonderful people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve them and us all in his obedience and continue to use them in his service and continue to make them be of service to the ummah of Sri Lanka for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when I see ulama of this calibre and the many al ilm and students of knowledge that you have, I do not doubt that what I am to share with you all today is something that they have told you already. And that what I will be doing today is only sharing with you a reminder. And in reminding one another, there's goodness for the believers. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fa inna تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to remind one another and revise our lessons together for indeed in this revision and the reminding of one another is benefit for the believers. There is benefit in it for the believers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding. Ameen. Ameen. Thus before I dive into the topic, I want to remind myself first and foremost, and each and every one in attendance to another piece of advice which is pertinent, which is relevant, and which is entirely conducive given the days that we are experiencing right now. For these days, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, are considered the best days in the year of a believer. Just like the day of Jumu'ah is considered the best day in the week of a believer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah the best days in the year of a believer. And these are the days that we are experiencing right now. We are witnessing right now. Rasulullah sallam said in a hadith which is sahih, that there are no other days in which good deeds are more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than those good deeds done in these 10 days. Subhanahu wa Imagine, your salah in these days are better than the salah done outside of these days. Not to say that salah is less in terms of its elegance and status and rank outside of these 10 days. No, my dear brothers and fathers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an extra special reward for those who act during these 10 days. Your remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during these 10 days has been given a special precedence that remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala outside of these 10 days does not have. All your acts of worship have been raised in degrees during these 10 days. Thus, I remind myself first and foremost and everyone in attendance to be diligent with regards to these 10 days. There's already a day or two that has passed Right? That has passed. Thus, let us not waste the remaining days. And let us not lose hope about our weaknesses during the first day or the second day of these 10 days because Allah judges us based on our endings. And if our endings are strong, then glad tidings to you all. And Alhamdulillah, the end has not come yet. So let us push forth diligently for the remaining days in these 10 So that we take maximum and wholesale from the manifest and abundant rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showering upon His slaves during this season of worship. And indeed, this is a season of worship. Thus, increase your remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't forget that amazing remembrance and dhikr that is specific to these days. The dhikr of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah Allahu akbar Allahu akbar walillahil hamd it continuously allow your tongues to be moist with this dhikr allow your tongues to be moist with this dhikr and proactively work towards keeping your tongue moist with this dhikr and keeping it far away from fruitless speech and that which has no benefit to us and our communities in this life and the next. And increase in your salawat. And don't forget the amazing Salatul duha where Rasulullah wasallam taught us is a salah that is filled with hundreds of sadaqat. Hundreds of sadaqat. Salatul duha Don't forget that salah. And don't forget that qiyam, that salah that is observed in the darkness of the night in seclusion during the last third of the night preferably. And all the other amazing acts of worship, such as the recitation of the Qur'an. Increase your recitation of the Qur'an. If you are able to complete an entire Qur'an during these 10 days, do it. And don't forget about the amazing act of worship, so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left the reward for it, an open ticket for a believer to enjoy on the day of Qiyamah. When they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have an open ticket of rewards. And that is siyam and fasting. Siyam and fasting. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the fast is for me, and I will reward it. Why? Because his slave, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yada' ta'amahu wa sharabahu wa shahwatahu, He leaves his halal food and his halal drink and his halal relationship with his wife for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the prescribed period. Thus, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that dearly and has placed for it a dear reward. So don't forget these acts of worship. And if you can't fast all of these nine days, and we say the nine days because the tenth day is the day of Eid. And we do not fast on the day of Eid. We do not fast on the day of Eid. If you cannot fast the nine days, then at least attempt fasting the Monday and Thursday in these nine days. And if you can't do that, then make sure you fast the ninth of Dhul Hijjah. For the one who fasts the ninth of Dhul Hijjah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards him with two years of sins being forgiven. Allahu akbar. Two years of sins being forgiven. How merciful is Allah? And how generous is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That you fast one day, just one day, so little effort. But Allah rewards you with so much. Magnanimously, Allahu Akbar. Subhanallah, two years of sins that are forgiven. So ensure that you endeavor proactively to fast at least the ninth. So this advice is pertinent for us to share, especially for me in, in this series, because... I never managed to share it before in the previous two talks. And indeed, this is an advice to myself first and foremost, before it is an advice to you all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us diligent during these days. Amin. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those that are forgiven during these days. Amen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people that do not only worship Him during Ramadan and during the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah, but worship Him throughout the course of our lives. Worship Him with every breath that we breathe. But use Ramadan, and use the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah as a platform to launch ourselves into becoming even better worshippers. Because the Allah that we worship during Ramadan, and during the first 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah, is the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is worshipped outside of these days. So remember that my dear brothers and fathers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding. Ameen. With regards to our topic today, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in His book, وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, there is nothing behind you being created, except that you were created for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except that you were created for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al-Wahidul Qahar, Al-Ahad, Al-Fard, Al-Samad, Al-Ladhi lam Yalid walam Yulad, Walam Yakun Lahu Kufuwan Ahad. He goes on to say, مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ Allah doesn't want from us the provision of sustenance. Or sustenance. For Allah says, وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَيُّ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further goes on to say, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقُ ذُو الْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Al Razzaq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the provider of sustenance and the owner of absolute power. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus, Allah makes manifest in this eloquent ayah, and all the ayat in the Quran are eloquent, that there's nothing That should be our prerogative, except the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for those who were present a couple of days ago when we were describing some of the instructions of the sharia and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes instructs us in a way that really focuses on a particular aspect. Because you and I know that as human beings, we work and we educate ourselves, and we get married, and we have children, and so on and so forth. There's other aspects that are involved in our lives. There are other aspects that are involved in our lives. And because of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say that Allah created you to worship Him. Rather He said, you are not created except to worship Him. Remember we discussed the implications of these two statements. If of these two statements, for those who are not present on that fine evening, I gave an example. And I said, if Zaquan, come stand up for us. Let's use Zaquan today as an example. Come stand here. If I look at this young boy and in front of you all said that Zaquan is standing, by default, given the philosophy of language and linguistics, I can add to this particular statement. And I can say that he's standing and he's wearing a white thobe which is striped, and he has a white hat on his head. MashaAllah, you like striped clothes, huh? Even the last time you had stripes on, huh? Yeah, mashallah. I can add to that statement. But if I told you, There is nothing about zakwan except that he's standing. What happens now to your understanding? Has the concept of him standing, has it become highlighted more than my previous statement? When I say there's nothing about him except that he's standing, do you by default focus on his white thobe and his white hat? Or whether he's wearing socks or not? No. When I say there's nothing about him except that he's standing, I have zoomed in onto one particular aspect that focus should be given to. That's it. Everything else is irrelevant. Barakallahu ya Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say, you were created to worship Allah. He said there was nothing behind you as a creation except that you were created to worship Allah. Thus, this topic today, O oh servants of Allah how do we fit faith into our busy lives? Because we were not created except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The focus is worship, not the peripherals or everything else that comes as a result of being alive in this world from getting married, from having children, from studying and going to university and bettering our studies so we have better job opportunities and so on and so forth. Our, the provision of food and shelter over our families and so on and so forth. Yes, these things are there, but what is the focus behind us being created? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights this in this particular ayah. So the question, my dear brothers and fathers, which must be lingering in your minds right now, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to worship Him, then why is marriage part and parcel of this life? And why is work part and parcel of this life? And why is education part and parcel of this life? And why should we even have a topic called fitting faith into our busy life? Shouldn't our life from start to end be only worship and only faith? And we wake up and sleep in the masjid? And only sleep? so that we can retain energies to continue worshipping. Why are these other aspects part and parcel of our life? Is this a contradiction here? That Allah has asked us or told us that the essence behind us as a creation is His worship, but then we have these other factors as part and parcel of our lives. Is this a contradiction? And the answer to that question, my dear brothers and fathers, is no. There's no contradiction. There's no contradiction. If we feel there's a contradiction, then that contradiction is in our mind. And not in the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The contradiction is in our minds. And we need to study more and ponder more. And if Allah has mercy on us, that contradiction will dissolve. And it will become clear. And inshallah, the course of our discussion today will... Highlight why there's no contradiction. Because also understand, my dear brothers and fathers, that our sharia is from one perfect source. Can one perfect source contradict himself? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who said, that there is nothing behind us being created except his worship, is the one who sent Rasulullah sallallahu to teach us the importance of education. And that getting married is from his sunnah. And encourage us to have progeny and children. And so on and so forth. The same Allah who said that we've been created to worship Him, is the same Allah who sent Rasulullah to teach us the important aspects of these other things. So how do we fit the two entities together? We fit the two entities together, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, with something known as an niya, Something known as an niya, The intention. The intention. This is how we correlate between our two understandings and dissolve this apparent contradiction that we might feel exists. We solve this problem by understanding an niya. The intention. Let's discuss the intention in some detail. Our Sharia, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, has gone to great lengths in teaching us the importance of the niyyah, the intention. The niyyah and the intention. I'm sure we all know what the niyyah is, alhamdulillah. This is something that our scholars teach us from the outset. From the outset. Because it's part and parcel of La ilaha illallah. That there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah. Right? So our Sharia has gone to great lengths in teaching us about this niyyah. And our pious predecessors used to say that the niyyah to an action is like the soul to the body. When the soul is removed from the body, the body is dead. And when the niyyah is removed from the action, the action is dead. This is what they used to say about the niyyah, given their understanding of how Islam has given due diligence to it, and has many an instruction in the Qur'an and the sunnah pertaining to it. Thus, they said these eloquent words. And this niyyah, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, has many dimensions in terms of our life, and our relationship with this niyyah. For this niyyah, helps differentiate an action from being a norm to being an act of worship. I hope we're following. Remember we said, how do we correlate between worship, our understanding of worship is salah and zakah and hajj and sadaqah and dhikr and recitation of the Qur'an. And then we have matters of the dunya as A shallow understanding would, would, would inform us. Marriage, children, education, work, putting food on our table, as some people say. Right? You tell some people, why do you work hard? You say, someone has to put food on the table. Right? Someone has to put food on the table. So, we want to join between these understandings and we said we join using the niya. And now we're discussing the dimensions of the niya. This niya, this niya highlights whether the act that you do is an act of worship or it's a norm. This is one of the dimensions. Another dimension is, it differentiates between the types of actual ibadah. Because we know, for example, we have salah, but there's the farad salah, there's the sunnah salah. We have fasting, there's the compulsory fast, and then there's the sunnah fast. And then there's the general voluntary fasts. right? So the niyyah differentiates whether your fast is wajib or farad, whether it's a fast of Ramadan, or whether... It's a sunnah fast. The niyyah has a role to play. And this is one of the dimensions. And this is one of the relationships that a Muslim has with this niyyah. Another relationship that we have with the niyyah, and another dimension that this niyyah has in our lives, is that this niyyah is a means of protecting our rewards from being lost. How? How? When we intend to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely, but for some odd reason, we didn't manage to. We intended to wake up for tahajjud. And for reasons beyond our control, we didn't manage to. When we woke up, it was fajr already. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, من هم فلم يعملها تكتب حسنة كاملة. That a person who sincerely intends to do an act of worship and didn't manage to do it, Allah writes for him the rewards as if he completed that act of worship. Subhanallah. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. And really, I I mentioned it to our brothers in Doha. In Doha. And I'll mention it here that perhaps we can have another series together dedicated to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because really, we haven't truly understood the implications of the names and qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we say Allah is Rahman, it goes beyond the remit of just being forgiven. This is from Him being Rahman, that He even gives us the rewards when we don't manage to act, but because we sincerely intended to, subhanallah. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? we need to really have a more intimate relationship with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that will help us understand Him more and increase our iman and make us more diligent worshippers. And perhaps inshallah, this can be a reason for me to visit your wonderful country and my wonderful brothers and fathers here inshallah again in the near future ta'ala. So how amazing this niyyah is? How amazing is it? And how it deserves to be discussed and deserves to be taught and that is why from our pious predecessors were those who would say that we wish some of the fuqaha some of the fuqaha never wrote any books of fiqh but or taught fiqh but dedicated their lives in only teaching the fiqh of the niyyah and teaching the niyyah books and books only about the niyyah and lessons and lessons only about the niyyah, subhana Rabbi al-a'la. And really this statement is not an extreme one. Someone might say, but this is a bit extreme. But when we understand the placement of the niyyah in our Sharia, we say, subhanallah, this statement is not an extreme one. It's an appropriate and apt one. And our fuqaha rahmatullahi alayhim, they, they never lack diligence with regards to teaching us this lesson. And, and what I'm sharing with you is from them. And what you've heard from your scholars in this wonderful country is from what the fuqaha left behind before they passed away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people who leave behind diligent lessons for our children before we pass away. Ameen. Ameen. With regards to this Nia brothers and fathers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in the 30th juz, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةَ In surah al in the fifth ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they were not commanded except... Remember what we discussed just now when we said there's nothing about zakwan except... Remember that focus we discussed? Similar style is used in this ayah. Similar style is used in this ayah, or the same style is used. The style of hasr. Al-Nafi wal-Istithna. For those who study the Arabic language and usul al-fiqh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they were not commanded except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely. له الدين. And that is religion. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah made this niyyah, a sincere niyyah, له الدين. Made it religion. Allahu Akbar. Right, And this substantiates that statement that I, I cited to you earlier from one of the pious predecessors before us. That if the, if the fuqaha dedicated the entire life to only discussing niyyah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this niyyah all of religion. And that is why when the scholars rahmatullahi alayhim, when they discussed the famous hadith of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, that is found in the sahihain. And is found in most of the books of hadith. When he said, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ that there is nothing about your actions except look at this style of of instruction again, right? The, right? What we discussed just now again about zakwan. Zakwan, mashallah, is featuring in this talk today. So when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "There is nothing about your actions except that they will be judged based on their intentions," the fuqaha said that this. Hadith is one quarter of the religion. Allahu Akbar. This hadith is one quarter of the instructions of this religion. And some said even more. Some cited other fractions and other numbers. So my intention behind all this is to highlight to you the importance of this niyyah. Because if we nail our understanding about the niyyah, then we will stop talking about fitting faith into our busy lives. Rather, we will start saying, fitting our busy lives into faith. The opposite will be said. bi ta'ala. If we understand the implications of the niyyah and how to adopt ourselves with regards to our niyyah, we will solve our problems bi-ithnillahi ta'ala.